uh, when she and her church were here uh, on a mission trip, uh, coming to Vancouver and exploring our city and seeing the, the spiritual climate of our city. Well, before that trip started, I challenged the church and I said, look, I don't accept people coming on mission anymore unless you're willing to tithe, unless you're willing to give. And they said, oh, how much money do you want? I was like, I don't want money. Unless you're willing to pray that somebody or somebody's in your group that's coming, unless you're willing to pray that 10% or more of the people coming will hear the word of God and hear the passion of God for our city and say, you know what, I want to explore more about what God's doing here and how I could be part of it. Unless you can focus on doing that, then don't come. And so they prayed, and then at the end of the week, a couple of people started talking to me about the climate they see in our city and what they wanted to do about it. And they said, well, pray over it. And in spite of all the chaos in my life over the last year, Abby and her church were steadfast about sending her back. And so she is here, arrived at the end of May with her mom and her aunt. (laughs) Um, She said, no way would your parents let you come here without coming to help you set up. Yeah, they're crazy. (laughs) If you ever think you have a Chinese family, um, she has a Chinese family. (laughs) Um, I would not have let my mom come, but... Your mom's very sweet, and they helped with our, our uh, training event. And that conversation we had, mm-hmm. what was going through your mind when you saw what you experienced here in our city last year? Um, ever since I've been little, my heart has been broken for post-Christian worlds because I feel like it's such a forgotten part of the ministry. Um, we think of sending people over so, so much to places like... Um, that don't have water and don't have food and things like that. But we forget about the people that have all of that and are pretty content, but don't have Jesus. And um, people here need Jesus just as much as they do in the little niches in the Amazon and Africa. And like, but no one's coming up here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I just felt the call to go where people value logic and value reason and um, intelligence and over spirituality because mm-hmm. that's where I was, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And what do you study back home? I study biology. So as a science biology major, mm-hmm. how have you recon- in your personal life, how do you reconcile that and a love of Jesus? Well, I definitely think that whatever we do, we're supposed to do it for the glory of God. And um, so I think that no matter what I'm doing in my life, accepting a few things that obviously wouldn't be good. Um, Whatever I do, I can do it, and God be brought glory. And so, like, biology is really just a study of everything that God has created. And, like, his creation is fantastic and amazing, and please save the turtles. And I just... (laughs) Like, there's so much great about the world, and I think that, like, biology is one of those sciences that, like, you really get to see God in display, Mm -hmm. and everything, like, I mean, the genetic code, like, that couldn't have happened without God, like, there's no way, literally, the chances are, like, you you have better luck gambling in Vegas than you do of combining that, and so, like, I see that, and, like, there's nothing about biology that has ever pointed me away from God like it's just like 
I heard a quote once, and the guy said, the more you study science, the more, like he says, the start of science, you don't believe in God, but by the time you finish studying science, you, you can't deny God or something. It goes like that mm-hmm. somehow, but yeah. What have you seen here so far? Lots of beautiful people with great personalities. Like I love, I love the city and I love the people here and I love getting to interact with them on the trains and the buses and in the coffee shops. Um, and just seeing how people move and like the way everyone has their rhythm. I think back home we're so much more slow and laid back in Tennessee than it is here and everyone here has like got to get somewhere. Um, I definitely see like everyone puts up a front, you know, and so that's the hardest thing and they are gonna agree with you when you talk to them about something, but they're not really gonna like actually change their hearts is the biggest Mm -hmm. thing I've seen, so. It's kind of like agree to disagree or mm-hmm. or like you do you. Yeah. Right. Having seen all this, what would you tell Christians here in Vancouver? What needs to happen to move forward in our city? Yeah, um, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think like it all starts with us, like personally. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, it says, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then teach it to your kids, right? Like, we're called to first fix ourselves and then help other people, and so I really think that that is a call, like, we can't be doing ministry and discipleship and, um, outreach unless we're really, like, firm in our faith with God and like have fixed ourselves with him and that involves like changing lifestyles and changing um I don't even know like I think mm-hmm. lifestyles is a pretty good word for it all it's, you know summing it up like we have to change ourselves when we are coming with Christ it's a come as you are but after you've come then mm-hmm. you definitely have a moment where you go and so like doing that and then I think the next thing is really discipleship like mm-hmm. We always say at my church, um, discipleship, like being a disciple is like being DNA. Like it reproduces, it replicates, and it makes a perfect image of what the first one was. Mm -hmm. And so like if everybody here like had one or two people that they really poured their lives into for a year, and then that person really poured themselves into two more people, and then that person poured themselves into more people, like you have like a ton of people in -hmm. just a couple of years that have gotten saved and really gotten to know Jesus Mm -hmm. instead of trying so hard to like reach the masses all at once, you know? Mm -hmm. So So you've been here for four weeks and how many girls have you connected with? Four or five. Mm -hmm. That's one a week, you know? Um, Our our family of church has recently embarked on something called Who's Your One? And if, if a 20 year old college student can speak to one person a week, then we could all collectively focus on even just one person Mm -hmm. and pour into that person's life, right? And I think as we move forward in our city and as Christians, um, we don't need to go to somewhere else in order to serve God. It's about the person across the street, Mm -hmm. right? Thank you so much. Um, Ro, can you pray for Abby? Good to see you. Good to see you. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness and 
for your goodness that we see in Navi's life, Lord. We thank you for her obedience and for her call to come and love and serve at a city to the people that she doesn't even know. Um, but Lord, we're just so thankful for her presence and for her um, faithfulness. And Lord, we ask that you bless her and her um, relationships and friendships that she's built over the years. May you bring it to fruition and um, that they may come to know you because of um, Abby's goodness and faithfulness um, demonstrated in her life. And um, so, Lord, we thank you for the stay and for her to be with us. And we just ask that you bless her mm. um, every day ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you.